Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2-0 on Max Muncie. High drive, right center field. Lightning strikes, and the Dodgers lead. Three-run home run, Max Muncy. His third of the season, and the Dodgers lead at 6-5. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Dodgers machine, as we all knew, they're off to 11-2 start on the season. Joe Ostrowski and Chris Ranji, this is... BetQL Daily. Let's re- bring in our friend uh, Michael Beller, Adam Beller on Twitter, podcast host and producer for The Athletic, The Athletic Fantasy. Uh, just a few minutes ago, Beller tweets out, there goes the Drew Smiley revenge game. Uh, Michael, we've got a lot to talk about with the Braves and the Cubs. Before the year, we talked about the Braves. They are your team. You are all in. Is this shades of uh, the Washington Nationals of just a couple of years ago? A rough start for Atlanta, but uh, they're still going to get there? Got them right where I want them, right, Joe? I'm not going <laughs> to feel good until they're 19 and 33. Then I'm going to know that this is perfect, and this is the Braves repeating that 2019 National script. Uh, this is a team that I think we can't say it's early for. I don't think we can say it's early for the Cubs. I mean, it's literally early, but I don't think that explains what's going on with them. For the Braves, this is the vagaries of a 162-game, six-month baseball season. I will say that the fact that Mike Soroka had a little bit of a setback, now you've got Drew Smiley hitting the I.L., Max Freed on the I.L., Ian Anderson not off to as good a start as I thought he was going to get off to. I talked about it being a high-risk, high-reward rotation. So far, the risk side has been coming through, but we've also seen how good that offense is. So I feel still very comfortable with uh, my Braves' partisanship for this season. You know, right now the Braves have scored the fifth most runs in the National League, and I would imagine that trend continues, and they probably see themselves, you know, by the end of the year in the top three in terms of offense. Is that is that outrageous, or do you think that's where they'll ultimately be? No, I don't think it's outrageous. I mean, I guess any team in a vacuum to call them a top three offense is a hard sell, but obviously these teams aren't operating in vacuums and the Braves have that level of talent and uh, it's come through already this season. And that included a very small, uh, slow start from Marcelo Zuna. Uh, I think this is definitely one of the three best offenses, not only in the NL, but in the entire majors. So I think that we will see them get there and they have the offense that can help them ease through this path where they are dealing with so many injuries in the rotation. Michael, you said for the Braves, it's early. That's our explanation right now. And the odds would reflect that before the year, 10 to one to win the world series right now, 10 to one to win the world series. Mm -hmm. Uh, No movement at all said it's not early for the Cubs. Give me the early list uh, across major league baseball, positive or negative. When trying to explain what's happening, um, what's a, which 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 teams can you say okay, it's early. That's a reasonable explanation for now. 
Well, it's just so strange because outside of a couple of outliers, one of whom we expected in the Dodgers, uh, there's every team that's sitting like either two games above or two games below 500. It's really strange that we've had this flat of a start to the major league season. And I just think that it's, it's hard to really find any of these teams that you should be too concerned about. I mean, you know, who really looks bad this season, the Rockies? Well, they're supposed to be bad. The nationals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, like there was reason to believe that things could go sideways for that nationals team this season, just given the risks with Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg. And we're seeing that come to fruition. I mean, I would say that there's really no team that I felt great about a couple of weeks ago that I would be concerned about right now. I would say that maybe if you were going to make an argument for a team being that, it would be the Cubs. I mean, it, it really would be. I don't think you would put the Rays in that group. I don't think you put the Yankees in that group. I think all those teams are ones that we could say, yeah, it's early. This is going to happen. It's just been a weird, flat, offenseless baseball season. I would say if anyone should be worried, it should be the sport as a whole with the way that all the problems that we've seen over the last few years seem to be coming to a head and exacerbated this season. Well, what about the the American League division winners? How about there in the positive sense? Red Sox, Royals, and Mariners. Can we say it's early for those teams? <laughs> I mean, you're you know, laughing. The thing, Red, the, the thing with the Red Sox, right, is that like, you know, I didn't think they were going to be a good team in the shortened season last year. I thought there was a lot of good reason to worry about their uh, their pitching, and that ended up happening. But like that team can still hit. JD Martinez had such a bad 2020, and you knew that wasn't going to be the case in 2021. And we see what. He's been able to do this season. Alex Verdugo. I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna trade Mookie Betts and get Mookie Betts back. <laughs> That's never gonna happen. But yeah, Alex Verdugo is hitting the ball well. He's been a, a welcome addition to that team this season. Like I think that I think that team's legit, and they were a team that I was selling a little bit. So uh, they're one that after a couple of weeks, I will say that you know I think that I'm, I'm comfortable taking a uh, you know taking an L on the Red Sox and saying that they're going to compete mm-hmm. in the AL East in a way that you know I didn't necessarily think was going to be the case. The Royals uh, they're not I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I, I could see them being, you know, a 76-77 win team. I think this is just a case of more of the Twins and White Sox playing a little bit down for the first two weeks of the season rather than the Royals playing way over their heads. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you uh, about that. Actually, I have, a, I have a question that I believe is the uh, most important baseball story today, and I'll get to that in a moment. But the follow up on the on the American League Central, y- you know, I I'm not sure exactly what to think about the White Sox. I think they're going to be good still. I think they've shown us they're they're pretty good right now, but they've had some you know frustrating moments early on. Where do you think Cleveland though? ultimately ends up because it's always everybody's talking about the White Sox and the Twins, White Sox and the Twins. Cleveland can pitch, though. So mm-hmm. by the end of the year, where do you think they will end up being in that division? I still think they're the third best team. They're so top heavy. And that's really been the case with the Indians. Really, if you go all the way back to the 2016 World Series against the Cubs, like such a top heavy team, a ton of top level talent and not a whole lot in the middle. And that still remains the case with this team. And I I do, I I agree with you, Chris, I think they're going to pitch, but I mean, when you get beyond like Jose Ramirez and, you know, Franmil Reyes has got plenty of power and Eddie Rosario is sort of duplicative in what Franmil Reyes is going to do. I like Cesar Hernandez. You know, I think he's a, he's a nice player. He's a nice guy atop their lineup, but that lineup thins out really, really fast. And that's where I get into some trouble 
with this Indians team. I just think that they're really going to have a lot of trouble hitting. And I think that's where they're going to, that's where that's ultimately what's going to hold them back as great as Shane Bieber uh, is and can be. And, you know, I think that, you know, maybe uh, we saw uh, Zach Plesak pitching a little bit above his head last year, but Aaron Savali is a nice guy and Zach Plesak still, you know, a good pitcher and they've proved themselves to be a team that can, I mean, look at the track record with this team going back to Corey Kluber and getting yeah. the most out of Trevor Bauer and Carlos Carrasco and Shane Bieber. I mean, they've developed pitching as good as or better than any organization in Major League Baseball, and we should give them all the credit in the world for that, but I just don't think the bats are going to be able to keep up ultimately. So the news I wanted to bring up today, and that is... Heroes. That- <laughs> yes, Pete Rose. Go, go our Pete Rose Vegas run-ins. You guys want to go over those? <laughs> Wait, you got Pete Rose run-ins? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hmm. Okay, I want to get to that. Like, Hold on. You know, Hold like, on. In, in, like a, in like, uh, you know, in like the Caesars, uh, what are the shops, you know, like signing crap, like those sorts yes. of run-ins, not actual yeah. run-ins. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I kind of wanted to hear that. Um, but the the question I have is about Fernando Tatis, who is apparently going to play today for the Padres. Mm-hmm. He's coming back from that shoulder injury against the Dodgers. And, you know, I, I know players want to avoid surgery whenever they can. It's like the first option. But because he's had the shoulder injury in the past and he's been dealing with it for a while and then it popped out of place, I thought surgery was the way he was going to go. Are are you surprised that he's going to try and play and give it a go now, considering there might be a, a deeper injury risk if he does? Yeah, I, you know, I'm just willing to trust team medical staffs in this position. Like, I mean, this is clearly the future of the franchise, the $340 million man. Uh, this is a team that is not, you know, a one and done. Like, if, the, if things go the way they should go for this Padres team, we should be talking about them as a year-in, year-out contender for, what, at least the next three to five years at the very least, and maybe they can keep on extending that window with all the talent that they have on that team. So I, I just really think that if they were super concerned about him going out there and testing it out and making it even worse and, you know, just having to have the surgery that they thought he needed anyway, but then adding on, you know, extra rehab time because they pushed it, I think they would have just, you know, called it and, and had the surgery. So uh, obviously this is something I'm going to be watching carefully. Baseball fan in me does not want to see Fernando Tatis of all players injured for a significant stretch of time. Don't want to see the, you know, budding rivalry between the Padres and the Dodgers snuffed out this early in the season. So I've got my fingers crossed that all is good with him, but I'm just going to defer to the training stats and say that if they were really that concerned, he'd be going under the knife already. SpecUL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Chris Ranji, our guest, Michael Beller from The Athletic, at M. Beller on Twitter. Uh, Michael, we start off the conversation by talking about the number of teams that are in the middle. couple outliers, but most of them are in the middle. And from the betting perspective, the big story early in the season has been the number of huge underdogs, like over plus 200 underdogs that are coming through on a daily basis. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Baltimore started out 3-0. Uh, uh, t- 
teams like Pittsburgh and Detroit, uh, two of the lowest win totals that we saw uh, all, all offseason. Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. It's going to be tough for them to go over. Are they as bad as we thought? I think Pittsburgh is. <laughs> I, okay. I think that, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh's played six games against the Cubs. Like, like the Cubs are bad. Like, I mean, that, 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 <laughs> I think that can go a long way toward explaining uh, Pittsburgh's, you know, somewhat frisky start to the season. I think Detroit's got a little something. I mean, I think that team, uh, it, you know, is a little bit better than we might have thought. And it's got a lot to do with the youngsters who are arriving. They've been, you can't be as bad for as long as the Tigers have been and not start stockpiling some attractive assets. And it's taken a little bit of time for these guys to get to the majors, but we're starting to see some nice returns. First of all, one of them, Matthew Boyd, not uh, not that same track of guy, but he has been more steady over this first couple of starts of the season than we've seen from him uh, for a couple of years. Uh, Casey Mize, former first overall pick, he's had a couple of nice starts to the season. Tarek Skubal's been a little bit up and down, but you at least have him in the rotation, locked in. Akil Badu, uh, one of the brightest young star, one of the brightest surprises of this 2021 season. And you're just seeing a lot of these young guys start to come through for Detroit. And they still have Isaac Paredes on the way. They still have Matt Manning eventually on the way. So I think this Detroit team, they're not going to, they're not going to go to the playoffs, but might they be a 75 win team rather than a 65 win team? I think so. So I think that they're a team that we need to take a little bit more seriously as a day in day out upset case. Pittsburgh's bad. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, like, you know, nice start to the season. That's a bad team. I've seen plenty. I've seen enough of them this season to feel pretty comfortable that this is just a decent enough two-week stretch, but not a team that we need to take too seriously. So let me stick in that division in the National League Central going into the year immediately after the Arenado acquisition. The Cardinals were the favorite by most measures, and I think most people. Um, and maybe it's just the recency effect of acquiring him. Um, mm-hmm. So I I still think they're the favorite, but the way the Reds have started off this season. And, and I've always thought they could be in the mix at the end of the year. Makes me question um, whether or not the Cardinals will ultimately win that division. At plus 230, the Reds are right there with Milwaukee. Same number to win the National League Central. Um, how much of a, how good of a chance do you think Cincinnati has to win the NL Central? I think they have a great chance. They were my pick before the uh, season to win this division. They were one of my uh, favorite division picks uh, to to win it. And I was really stating St. Louis. One of the few win total over-unders I made was uh, St. Louis to go under 86 and a half. And it has everything to do with the pitching. I, mean, I trust Jack Flaherty and I yep. trust the bullpen, but I don't trust anything in between. And so I think that that pitching was uh, was always going to be something that could hold them back. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, they're sort of they're they're a you know a Cleveland light in that they've gotten a lot of great performances out of pitchers and they've willed a lot of very good out of pitchers. They've shown themselves to be one of the better teams at developing pitching, and we're seeing it again with with Tyler Molly, you know, this season and what they've been able to do. But really, what it was was the fact that last year, 2020. I mean, we were excited about the Reds because of all the investments they made in the offense, and it was like every single player on that offense had the worst 60-game stretch he could possibly have in what happened to make up the full 2020 season. And now we're seeing it this year with everyone bouncing back in such a big way. Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, you're finally seeing Joey Votto start to hit. They really haven't gotten a ton out uh, from from Eugenio Suarez. They're super deep with the additions of uh, a healthy Jesse Winker and Jonathan India. Um, Nick Senzel, they're going to get Shoko Akiyama back. Uh, Taylor Tyler Naquin is healthy and hitting. I mean, this is a team that could really 
keep that offense going and basically trot out any eight they want and feel very good about their bats against the bats that they're going up against. So I think that they are the best team in the division. And Milwaukee's got the best pitching, I think, in the division, but that's another team that I think we have good reason to be concerned about the long-term offense there. So I am still sticking with the Reds as the NL Central champion and probably the only NL Central team in the postseason this year. Michael, we've got about a minute left. What do you love today? Today, today. So um, my favorite thing today, actually, is a a little bit of a a prop. Uh, Mets to be winning after the first inning is plus 185. Jacob (laughs) DeGrom on the mound in Colorado. Don't care about wherever Jacob DeGrom pitches. You get that offense against Chichi Gonzalez uh, in in Colorado with the way Brandon Nimmo is just getting on base to start every single game. I think the Mets end up having a lead after the first. So give me the Mets plus 185. And the Astros are anywhere between like minus 115 and minus 120, uh, depending on where you're uh, where you're looking. I like Jose mm-hmm. Urquidy in this matchup, uh, a guy who I think puts it all together uh, this season. So I, I like the Astros at minus 120. Mets to be winning after the first inning, plus 185. That's what I'm looking at today. Very good. Very good. Also talked about the Astros earlier on in the show. Michael Beller at M. Beller on Twitter, podcast host and producer for The Athletic, The Athletic Fantasy. Thank you, Michael. You got it. Thanks, guys. A lot of movement in the odds board with the NFL draft, which is just two weeks away. We're going to talk about it on the other side. You've got the BetQL Audio Network.